Anthony. Ian Cron. We are in July in Nashville in the South and it's hot. It is 100 degrees outside. What's going on? The apocalypse. <laughs> I thought you would have planned better and been out of town the month of July. What, what did you do this year? Well, I went what to, I don't know, man. I, I went to Mexico for a week and then I came back. The, the, the weather is absolutely miserable. <laughs> and as you know, I'm going away for the entire month of September. And uh, I'm jealous. I know. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to have to come down and see you at some point. Waiting, waiting. Who's doing what? You didn't say, yeah, come see me. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so I'm excited because we're doing a four-part series on something that's very, very important that you have in your book. And I have been starting each of these podcasts off by quoting you. You say the genius of the Enneagram is not only does it reveal what needs to change, but also how to change. So that's what we're talking about. We're actually walking through this four-part process that you have created and you talk about in your book. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so in the story of you, I mean, you know, I, I love writing this book. I love talking to people about it because it's really all about turning the Enneagram from being something that's descriptive of personality types to being mm. prescriptive Oof. about how to move out of those old stories that each type inhabits so we can move into a truer, better narrative for our lives. Come on. And so toward the end of the book, or I should say for each of the nine types, I, I walk each type through a four-stage process. The first one is to see the story, right? And we've talked about that a few weeks ago. It's like, how do I go back and see where did this story of my type begin? Mm -hmm. What? How did I get here? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. It's like that old, uh, you know, the talking head song where he goes, how did I get here? You know. <laughs> and then the next step is own, and that is to own the the uh, the outcome of our living in this story like what what does it cost us and others right mm -hmm. then we move into awaken we spoke about that last week i love that conversation about yeah. how do we live in a space of awakened consciousness and then this week we're going to talk about okay well rewriting the old story and rewriting a new one yeah so we're moving to the rewrite step number four in mm -hmm. your four-part process tell us how we go about doing this rewrite yeah so contextually we know we've addressed the past mm-hmm um, and the present then readies us for, for making choices in light of the future, mm. right? How do we know what a transformed future will look like? This is kooky because it sounds so passive, but it's really the truth. If you have done the soar, the, the see stage, the own stage, and the awaken stage, you will have cleared away so much debris that your new story will begin revealing itself without your having to force it. Oof, I like that. And I like that you mentioned titling your old story and titling your new story. Will you walk us through that step? Well, that's some of the proactive things that you can do, mm -hmm. right? So one is that um, renaming your story. Mm -hmm. Remember on our, on our membership town hall forum? Mm -hmm. How beautiful it was when people oh shared the names of their old stories and now their new stories. Yes. It was so powerful. Oh, so powerful. So, you know, it, it, there's as simple as it sounds, it's terrifically powerful. Like, as I've told people before, my old story I called The Lost Boy. Mm -hmm. And my new story I call The Redeemed Man. And part of the reason it's so powerful is that when I find myself falling back into Lost Boy, mm -hmm. I stop and go, dude, really? Mm -hmm. Do you want to be Lost Boy anymore? Yes. And I'm like, nope. I'm the redeemed man. Part of it, it, part of naming that really helps you continue to move forward. Yeah, no, it, it reorients you yes. in the moment. Oh, I love that. You know, 
So why don't you tell us about, you've told us now your old story title, your new story title. Uh, what's the first step in renaming your story? Yeah. So again, I think renaming the story has a lot to do with the see and own passages, mm-hmm. right? The passage to those two steps. And, um, you know, I think if you can just, one of the things I tell people is, okay, if you, if you wrote a memoir about your early life, what would you title it? That's good. Right? Yeah. And uh, do you remember when we had Ryan Stevenson on the podcast? I was just thinking of him in that podcast and when you asked him that question. And he got all puddled up. He just kind of got weepy and he was like, I guess I'd be the secondhand boy. Oh, you remember that? Because he had so grown up in strong. poverty and then he yeah. used to have to buy his clothes at a consignment shop, which was not cool in those days, you oh, know, yeah. like it is now. And he's yeah. like, all my friends had these cool Air Jordans. And I didn't, you know. Etc. And he's like, I felt like a secondhand boy. And I, I said to him during that podcast, I said, well, how's that working for you today? Yeah. And he said, well, that old story is making me miserable. I said, well, leave it. And then he looked at me like, I can do that? And I'm like, you totally can do that. Yeah. And but what I was saying is you can rewrite that story. Yeah. That story can be a new story. Yeah. You don't have to stay stuck in it. But it's not a one and done process. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really the task of a lifetime. Yeah. Um, so... As you move away from your type's default passion and closer to its virtue, you, you begin to learn the power of doing the opposite of what you would normally do, mm-hmm. uh, responding to difficult situations and people in new and creative ways, mm-hmm. right? The goal is to challenge the old taken-for-granted beliefs of your false narrative to help you get stuck. Oh, I love that you said that. So in your book, you talk about the practice of a Jerry Contra and... That how it's an important part of the rewrite step where you walk us through what a Jerry Contra is and how to do it. Yeah, so it was actually developed by uh, the great St. Ignatius of Loyola. Basically what it means is do the opposite of what you would normally do. Go against the grain of those reflexive habits of your type. Wow. Right? And actually go in the opposite direction. So let me just give you one for me. Yeah. Envy. That's my big passion. Uh-huh. Now, sometimes when I hear that somebody is succeeding... Or sometimes, when, even when it's some, you know, it could be a friend yeah, or sure. someone who's not a friend. Yeah. I now really intentionally practice what I call sympathetic joy. It's actually what the Buddhists call it, sympathetic joy, which is to celebrate mm-hmm. the success and the the all the good things another that's coming another person's way. Yeah. Uh, even if it's someone you dislike, mm. to just be happy for them. Yeah. That's sympathetic that's joy. Wow. Right? So that's doing the opposite of what I would might normally do under the grip of my passion. Mm. Right? Okay. I may stop comparing myself to another person and saying, you know, that's their journey. This is my journey. I'm not going to, com- you know, because as you know, comparisons never end well. Right. That's a typical thing for force to do. I go in the opposite direction. That's good. I move up against it. That's and by good. the way, when you do that, it begins to weaken its power. And over time, it actually you begin to see that it's happening to you less and less mm. and with less intensity. Mm. Right? Yeah. So that's, that's, a, that's an amazing thing. But the rewrite thing, you know, is, is really, too, um, about um, – Getting to a place where you can sit down and write out what is the new story of my life that I want to live? What are the values I want to live by? Mm-hmm. What's, uh, what, what, what do I feel is God's errand for me in this life? Wow. And how do I pursue it? You know. Mm. By the way, I've been reading a great book I want to recommend to everybody uh, because it actually 
sort of touches on this rewrite idea a little bit. It's called Strength to Strength by the uh, Harvard professor Arthur C. Brooks. Okay. He's also a converted Catholic. He's a fascinating, fascinating, brilliant guy. And I've read it. I just have gobbled this book up, Strength to Strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, he gives a lot of exercises essentially for how do you rewrite your, your, your narrative, mm. you know? And it's terrifically powerful when you can sit down and go, this is the story I want to live. All right, Ian. So let's go back just a little bit uh, into a Jerry Contra and the role that it plays in rewriting your story. Yeah. So again, I think one of the ways that we can rewrite the story, right, is to ask ourselves some questions that, you know, I think fall in line a little bit with a Jerry Contra. So one would be this. I love this question. Mm -hmm. Who was I before the world told me who I was supposed to be? Wow, that's a good one. Say that now again. That's, Say that again. Okay, that's a good question. Who was I before the world told me who I was supposed to be? Because, you know, as little people, we come into the world, this beautiful ball of essence, mm-hmm. right? That we haven't yet been fed, or nor have we bought into these stories about ourselves in the world. Mm-hmm. We're just this beautiful essence, mm-hmm. right? This original goodness, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then... Um, the world starts to tell us who we have to be in order to win love, twos, threes, and fours, mm. safety and security, five, six, and sevens, mastery and a sense of control, eights, nines, and ones. Mm. So it tells us, okay, you got to do this. You got to become this kind of person. You got to start doing these kinds of things. You should feel this way. You should, you should, you should. Mm. And suddenly, what happens to our essence? We lose touch with it. Wow. We lose touch with it because now we've bought into these narratives that the world has fed us, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then we, um, in this journey of change, of transformation, we have to begin to ask ourselves, well, who was I before the world told me who I was supposed to be? Mm. And about, reclaim that person. Do you have another question for us? Yeah. Um, who would I be and what could I achieve if I pushed back against the false story about who I think I am and the nature of the world? Ooh, I like that. And I like that in the context of what we talked about before because... So much of what we do is by default. And so to learn to push back against that. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's another way to ask that question. Okay. Who would I be and what could I achieve if I wasn't the person I think I am? Wow. Right? That's a good one. Yeah. So, you know, if the story you tell yourself is, for example, my presence doesn't matter, nines. Yeah. Who would you be and what could you achieve? If your presence mattered. If you stopped thinking that your presence didn't matter. Yeah. That's a great way into the conversation about how to rewrite your story. I love that. Right? Um, Another one would be, what decisions uh, can I make today to inhabit the new story that will become, help me become the highest expression of myself? Mm. You know? What decisions can I make? Remember, do you remember? Gosh, that's good. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's a, really strong. A, a, a really strong idea, right? Um, you know, one of the ways that we did this, we talked about this several months ago. You know, I have that new story jar on my yeah. kitchen counter. You did a whole episode on that? Yeah, you know, so I have these little slips of paper with uh, prompts mm-hmm. that help me to go into the day yeah. uh, and to think through the new story, Yeah. right? So one of the prompts may be, um, you know, don't make don't compare yourself to others today mm-hmm. right uh, or uh, another one might be remember that others suffer too yeah 
Right. So these are all geared toward an Enneagram four. I have the same kind of thing on my mirror, like prompts mm -hmm. that I look at first thing in the morning because mm -hmm. we, we suffer from like amnesia or this sort of default thing. So it's I think we have to have these markers. Oh yeah, totally. Yep. We we need help. Yeah. You know, on the journey. Yeah. So we've gone through this four stage process in these last four weeks. Yeah. I hope it's been really helpful to people. Yes. Uh, what I want to just remind people is, you know, you have to kind of read the story of you because we're just touching a teeny bit on, on each of these things compared to what yeah. I do in the book. Yeah. Right? And, of course, the workbook. We don't want to forget about the workbook. The workbook is now available. It is now available, and it, that's going to be a real help to people. Yeah, I talked about that a little bit at the beginning of the show in the intro. So, yeah, go get that one if you don't have it yet. Right, because it's going to drive you even deeper into the process. Yeah. Right? We're just... Any parting thoughts for our listeners on this show today? Well, yes. You can live a new story. Mm. You do not have to live uh, in the prison of your old story. You, you can live a better narrative in the world. And when you do, you know, you are going to experience, we mentioned this on an earlier show, the wonderful feeling of being at home in your own skin. Mm, I like that. And there's such a feeling of joy when you realize, you know what? That's the old me. Mm -hmm. And now there's a new, new version of me that comes about as a result of living in the new story. Because, remember, as Damick Adams, the professor at Northwestern, likes to say, all transformation is story, story transformation. transformation. Yeah, love that. You know, uh, speaking of prompts, you know, uh, I have a, a quote from an Anglican bishop named uh, George Appleton. And I love it because it's such a benediction or a prayer as you begin to do this work, right? He says, Give me a candle of the Spirit, O God, as I go down into the deep of my own being. Show me the hidden things. Take me down to the spring of my life and tell me my nature and my name. Give me freedom to grow so that I may become my true self the fulfillment of the seed which you planted in me at my making. Oh, man, that's a beautiful way to go out. It sure is. Yeah. So thank you for walking us through these four steps. See, own, awaken, and now today, rewrite. I hope you all have enjoyed this. We sure enjoyed being able to bring it to you. Ian, you want to give us a close? Sure. Friends, may you have love. May you have joy. May you have peace. May you have healing. May you have rest. Until next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.